if you found us here, you're probably a little like me. You think it's time to rethink the way that we do business. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and this is the Client Experience Revolution. This podcast is for entrepreneurs and will give you all the tips, tricks, and tools that other badass business leaders are using to serve their community, their clients, while still taking care of themselves. So let's dive into this week's episode, have a little fun, and learn along the way too. This episode is brought to you by Link Consulting Solutions. Are you a badass entrepreneur looking to up-level your capacity, maybe supercharge your clarity and reconnect like a rock star? We'll head on over to linkcs.com to find out how we can accomplish this and more. We have virtual assistant matchmaking as well as clarity and client re-engagement consulting. That's L-I-N-Q-C-S.com. See you there. Hello and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution podcast. My name is Raya Gonzalez and I am your host and I am honored to have returning to the podcast, Elise Tager, who is a fabulous coach and just an all around great person. Welcome back, Elise. Thank you, my dear. I'm so glad to be here. Well, we are going to talk all things prospecting today, and this is a very important topic that some people like to avoid, but doesn't have to be scary. And so we've called it tried and true and something new. So if you've been in business or sales, you've probably talked about prospecting. Elise has um, some amazing YouTube videos. If you want to find her, we'll definitely link her YouTube channel in the show notes. So definitely recommend all of Elise's content on that. And I also really enjoy and want to put a plug in right in the very beginning, Elise's group, The Level Up Entrepreneur. She goes in every single week and delivers amazing value every Wednesday at noon Pacific. And you can learn a lot just by hanging out in her group. So I recommend that. So thank you, um, Ryan, for saying that. That's awesome. So we're going to start just by saying, Lise, why don't you tell the audience, let's just go to the very basics. What is prospecting? What is prospecting? You know, why is it important? Well, one thing I learned really way back when and I learned it the hard way is that unless you're building your business, unless you have an ongoing source of new prospects or leads, your business is dying. And I say that because I went through in my, probably my first business, I was doing really, really well, but I was not prospecting. And this what this happened at a financial dip. This was in 2008. And I lost probably 70% of my business in three weeks. Wow. And I had nothing in the pipeline. I had no one else to talk to because I was so busy. I was fat and happy with the clients I had. And that is the kiss of death. And so this taught me that no matter how good your business is, you always have to be in prospecting mode. And if you can't take on more clients, that's another conversation. Then we have to start talking about repositioning the what of what you do so that you're available to take on more work. So the necessity of prospecting isn't a week in, week out, every month. You should be prospecting and building so you don't die. Yeah. And we've talked about Elise is a big proponent for time blocking, but we were talking about while we were in the green room, we were talking about how no matter what, 
you should have in your schedule time for prospecting, no matter what. If it's, if you're not a time blocker, you better be able to check that box every single week. Because one example, I was just telling her someone recently that I was talking to, their method of prospecting is cold calling, which is not for everyone. And for a lot of people, that's very scary. But for this person, it works quite well. But what she was mentioning that was difficult for her was that she would hit it really hard one week and fill her schedule for the following week and then be so busy the following week that she didn't have time to um, do her calling. And then the, you know, it's just this vicious cycle Mm -hmm. of like really hard work and then being, you know, hard at work at servicing and then you know, and going back and forth and just really describes the scenario that you can find yourself in, which leads up to like what you were talking about, where you don't have anything in the pipeline, you know, in or in your funnel, however you want to call it, pipeline funnel. You don't have anybody warm that you can be talking to because you've been so busy working in your business that you haven't worked at all on your business. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's so important. It and, and it's you know just- most most busy entrepreneurs, no matter where you are in, the, in your business, if you're doing 50k or 500k, if you're most of us get busy. Yeah. And this is probably the two things that get crossed off the list. One is prospecting, and the other is self care. Yes. So the prospecting, probably because you're busy, you know, with either team development or taking care of clients or whatever it is. Probably you feel like that's the last thing that should get your attention. When the reverse is true, this is the first thing that should get your attention. So, you know, I'm a time blocking junkie and I I talk about it ad nauseum and I apologize for that, but it's so important. But I want to encourage people to block out, you know, an hour, either an hour every day or, you know, two hours two afternoons a week, whatever your your energy level is, but put those in the calendar and do not cross them up and off and do not skip them. So it could be that you're spending a half an hour a day doing some of the prospecting techniques we're going to talk about. And maybe you think I'm not getting very far, but believe me, if you're spending that half hour every single day, you're getting far and you're going to get noticed and you're going to get people calling you. So, you know, do not deviate from that. The consistency of doing your prospecting is critical, even if you don't wake up feeling like you want to. You know, that's when you really have to bite the bullet and do it because it's such an important part of the business. And often you don't want to, you yeah. know what I mean? And I guess it it depends too on how you look at it, you know, mm-hmm. like how you feel about it, how you look at it. You know, for me, prospecting is networking and just connecting. And so I don't have a problem with it at all because there's no icky feeling around it because yeah. I literally just believe that I'm coming to the call with the intention of developing a relationship. Absolutely. And so there's no, there's, I don't feel weird about it because yeah. why would I feel weird about just wanting to get to know somebody and yeah. wanting to have a relationship with them? And I wake up in the morning and I look at my hour block of prospecting and I think, Ooh, you know, what cool people I'm going to get to talk to. Today. Yes. You know, who, I love and, that. and so the more, focused I get on what cool means to me or what the people are that who the people are that I really want to be connecting with, then it's just fun. It's like being in a playground. And if you can take away that stressor of having to land a sale, yes, pull it away, you're much more likely A to do it. 
B, to have a good time with it. And ultimately, you will get more sales because you've eliminated that whole, you know, no one wants to be prospected either. You know, how many times, every time I go on LinkedIn, you know, and someone wants to connect with me, my first thought is, oh, you know, I know I'm Mm going to be hunted down. So if you change your mindset around it, Raya, as you said, and making it an engagement opportunity with someone you really would like to have a cup of coffee with, then it's a whole different spin. Yes. Which brings us to prospecting tried and true number one, which is the law of numbers, which is just talk to lots of freaking people. Yep. Lots and lots and lots of people. Hopefully lots of people in the arena that you want to hang out in. Right. But the if you do talk to lots of people with the intention of serving and having conversation, by nature, clients are going to come out of that. Mm-hmm. But if you're not showing up, you can't talk to lots of people. Right. You Maybe you're like, the woman that I spoke to and you're cramming it all in a week, but you could do that same type of thing and maybe an hour a day or two, if you wanted to do two hours a day, or let's say you want to be aggressive and you want to do four hours a day, but you did four hours a day every week instead of eight hours a day, every other week, then you're more consistent. You're able to address more things in your business. And, you know, everybody's is everybody's business is structured differently. And that's one of the things that you have to keep in mind too, is how long is your sales cycle? Mm -hmm. For some people, you may need to develop a relationship for a very long time with somebody before they're going to pull the trigger and actually do business with you. Right. And so if you're not showing up and talking to lots and lots and lots and lots of people, then you're going to have a harder time, you know, landing those sales. And in the conversations, you know, because we all don't have unlimited time. So in those conversations, you should have five or six key questions in mind to help you qualify the person that you're talking to. So as an example, I work with women who are at six figures or approaching six figures. So one of the questions I'm going to ask is how long have you been in business or, you know, what kind of revenue streams do you have something to help me get out of them how much money they're pulling in a year. And so I want to know if they're a startup or if they're a newbie or if they're only at about 50K, I really don't want to spend, I'll be polite and nice, but I don't want to spend too much time there with them because that's not my real audience. So there, and there are other ways that you can think of questions that will help you qualify. You know, have they spent money in the past on a coach? I'm thinking about my business. You know, Mm -hmm. what was their experience? If they've spent significant money in the past and they believe in investing in themselves, that will show up. If there's someone who is hyperventilating hyperventilating about about every nickel, that will show up too. And that's someone that I wouldn't want to spend more time with. So this isn't just willy-nilly talk to the world. Absolutely. Find the people who you think probably are going to want to spend time with want to be hiring you ultimately don't make that call about sales but try to get some some detail about some 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 questions in in there about qualifying them so that you know who's worth your time of, of taking it to the next conversation or not right which you know you really need to have a strong idea of your ideal client Sure. To prospect, you know, effectively because that, and so sit with those questions, sit with that knowledge of your ideal client avatar. And if you had the perfect client in front of you, what would you want 
the words to come out of their mouth. Like what would you want those answers to be? And then sort of work backwards so that you have the questions to to ask. I love that. Yeah. Tried and true. Number two, we talked about visibility strategy and doing it on a consistent basis. Talk to me about that. So that's things like showing up in your social media. You know, I always say, unless you can maintain consistency on your social media platforms, don't bother. So if you're only dipping into Twitter once every two weeks, don't bother to be on Twitter because again, you look you look like an idiot because you're not you're not going to attract any attention. So create visibility strategies such that it works with your personality and your business. So you know, if you like doing Instagram stories, as we were just talking about in the green yes. room, then make a goal of being on there to and doing a story two or three times a week and be consistent with that. If you like doing Facebook lives as I do, I'm very consistent with that. Every single Wednesday, I'm there in my group and multi-simulcasting all over the place. So some people like to blog, some people like to do all kinds of other things, but the point is to have your face and your words out there consistently so that people, when they trip over you, the third, fourth, and fifth time they go, oh, Raya, I know Raya. Yes. I like her stuff. You know, So again, that goes back to defining a strategy that works for you because not everything where I have yet to do an Instagram story, Raya, so not everything yes. works for everybody, <laughs> but find what works for you to create your visibility and your brand recognition factor and make sure that 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 you're doing that as well. Exactly. And I think there's something to be said too, like if it works for you to do two posts per week, consistently post twice per week. If it Mm -hmm. works for you to post once per week, then make it a pow once per week and consistently post once per week. Start wherever you're going to start, but just do it and be consistent. Yeah. And for me, that's um, in like this. So for those who are watching visibly, I have a goal for April and it says April goals, three stories, one reel. And that's something new for me that I'm trying. And then I have a second sticky that says week one stories with boxes. Oh, I love it. That's real with a box. And I also have one for week two, three, and four. And that, that's because visibly when I sit down, I think, oh, snaps. Have I done my story? And and I'm being very, very basic with myself. I'm doing a picture with some stuff tagged on there and some fun stickers and some something or others. Like, you know, like I'm just trying this strategy and I'm having it post from Instagram to Facebook so that it goes to my Facebook stories and it's Mm -hmm. doing that automatically. And this is a strategy that I would like to increase, but I know that it's not going to increase. I'm not going to come out of the gate and have it be you know, like perfect all at once, you know, whatever. I like, I wish I could be like those people who post like bajillions of times per day. I don't know how they get anything else done. That's just not going to be me, (laughs) but I can do something personal about, you know, or something fun or inspirational or something about my day. It's almost like I'm seeing it as like my gratitude journal. Oh, I love like, you know, just something that inspired me that day or made me think or, you know, whatever. And I'm seeing it that way. And And again, the intention of this, exactly. The intention of this then is visibility, not true prospecting. So you're trying to get in front of people so that they become aware of you. Yes. 
and want to learn more. That's the whole point. So the more you can be authentic, the more you can talk about your dog running away yesterday, the more, you know, all those things that you think aren't relevant to business. Well, guess what? The people want to do business with people that they find are credible and are likable and they will continue to follow you. So I think that's a great strategy. And also, you know, you just said, don't come out of the gate, think you're going to be blazing, thinking you're going to be blazing, you know, doing one a week, two a week, three a week, if that's what you can handle and know that you can do consistently, bravo, you know, that's fantastic. It also might be that that strategy was interesting, but it just doesn't, didn't click with you. So feel, yeah. So feel free, free. I try things and stop all the time. I'm, I'm yes. always testing stuff. So give it consistency for a period of time, but allow yourself to say, you know, that was nice, but that really wasn't, that isn't working for me or I don't really resonate with that. Right. So switch it up. Yep. And that was just to illustrate too, that prospecting isn't always, you know, sometimes it is just plain visibility, you Mm -hmm. know, like sometimes it is just establishing that relationship, establishing that, you know, like they talk about the know, like, and trust, like, well, how are they going to know, like, and trust me? Maybe they need to see the most adorable Boston Terrier, Phoebe, the queen of all the Gonzalez household. (laughs) And that's fine. I will leverage my Boston Terrier if that means that you like me more. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I'm totally okay with that. But, you know, when we go to those conversations that are more business related, if they feel like they already know me, and that doesn't mean I have to give away all of my personal information, but if I've done enough to allow them into my world, then it's an easier conversation. They feel like there's somebody, I'm I'm just baby diving into TikTok by that. I mean, I am not posting a dang thing and I have no energy to post anything, but there's some funny videos on there. So I'm mm-hmm. lying myself. That's my television right now. <laughs> and um, this lady was laughing, saying that because of 2020 and the pandemic, that she, now that people are sort of going, reaching outside of their COVID pod, she said it's super awkward because she refers to TikTok like it's a friend. You know, like she spent so much time on TikTok for her business and everything. She's like, oh, well, my friend on TikTok. And she's like, but really, they're not my friend. Like, I've never met them before. Right. But, you know, right. we talk on TikTok. So it's the same thing. It's like, you know, you become familiar. So then when you switch the conversation to a more business conversation, it's less awkward. Right. Yeah. Yes. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Some of the newer strategy to build on that, we were talking about video. Now, one of the things that we mentioned that I really, really love what you do is you're delivering teaching lessons every single week on a consistent basis. And it gives you an idea of what it would be like to work with you. Mm-hmm. The level and of that's knowledge. That's the whole point. Yeah. Like, it's just, I think that's really, really important in ter- in terms, in this day and age, video is crucial. Wouldn't you You agree? know, I want to focus on that for a second. Um, so many women that I talk to say, ooh, I'm not comfortable on camera. And to them, I say, get over it. You know, because we we all have to be comfortable being on camera. Because if you were face-to-face with someone... <laughs> They'd be looking at your face. They'd be looking at you, you know. <laughs> so I had to honestly, Raya, she said, being totally transparent. I'm a, I'm 68 and I had to get over the fact that 
I was an older woman and who wants to look at older woman and women. And so I wasn't comfortable getting on video for a long time, a long time, longer than I should have spent pulling back. And I finally just had to get over myself because it wasn't about me. It was about the information that I was delivering. Yes. And I found that I, I mean, and on honesty, I tend to attract a slightly older client base, which is fine because they relate to me. Yeah. So it, I, I have to say, if you're reluctant to get on the video, just do it. And yeah. the second and third and fifth time you do it, it's so much easier. And at some point you started, stop even thinking about it. So get over it. And that's another thing where consistency helps. Yes. You know, you just get comfortable. Two things. One was, I can't remember what it was, but it was either a picture or maybe it was a photo shoot or something. I was, I said to my daughter, I was like, well, I don't want it to look like X, Y, or Z, you know, like, I don't want to look like I'm blah, blah, blah. And my daughter was like, mom, that's what you look like. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, like I, you know, I, I was worried that I would come off as like, whatever this was. And she was like, you're beautiful. And that's what you look like. Like, uh, oh, I think I pointed at a picture and I said, does it look like I'm whatever the thing I was worried about? And she's like, it's a great picture of you, mom. I'm like, but does it look like I'm, or like, does it look like I'm 42? Or I don't know what it was that I said. She's like, mom, you are 42. Like, (laughs) yeah. I mean, it looks like you're 42. Like, you know, like it's okay. What's your problem? And I think it's the same thing with podcasting. I've heard so many people say, oh, that's so brave that you have a podcast. Like, like, oh, it's so, isn't it so complicated? I'm like, no, I started literally with no microphone, just talking into my computer. And the first <laughs> podcasts are a shit show. Like, I mean, just go back and listen. There's good content, but it's like a total shit show. Right. And it's like, you know, you just have to do it. And some of them are better than other ones, even yeah. to this day. Like there was one that I recorded recently that I realized after the fact that halfway through, I realized I wasn't speaking into my microphone. Like my microphone was like under my desk. You know what I mean? So I just nonchalantly, like no one will know this, but nonchalantly, I reached down and I grabbed my microphone and I'm holding this whole boom arm in my lap because I didn't remember to have my microphone out. And it's That's just a great like, story. you just have to like go with it, you go know, like yeah. whatever. And people like it. Yeah. They like authenticity. Yeah. They like you to screw up. It's fine because you know what? Everybody screws up. Mm-hmm. So just and get just... on video or do a podcast or do whatever it is that need that you need to be visible yeah. and mess it up. It's fine. Yep. Because people can relate to you then. Yeah, You know, if you put yourself, I mean, this is just my point of view. If you put that, if you put yourself out there as being completely a professional, you know, above anything that could possibly go wrong and you're always on point, then people tend to think, mm, you know, I can't, I can't relate to her. She's just yes. too far and above who I would ever be with. So, you know, I, I do agree with that, that authenticity, authenticity is really helpful. Yes. yes. I think that's maybe that's why I'm kind of liking some of these little videos on a TikTok is because people are just, I mean, you can see the difference and some people's are just amazing. Like, yeah. I'm just like, wow, you know, like that's so great. They can do that in like 20 seconds or whatever. 
And there's a lot of people who with video on their weekly, you know, like we, with your show, it's very produced. And like, I've been on some of those shows, like I've been a guest on some of those shows and I'm like in awe, you know, like as somebody who does a weekly show, I'm in awe of what they have put together. Right. And when I tell people about this podcast, I'm like, look, it is raw. Like we are not going to cut it unless you totally right. have a brain fart. And then you're right. like, can we please cut that? Cause I'm embarrassed. Right. Like it's just raw. It's real. Yeah. It's a conversation. And that's very strategic on my part because again, like maybe, you know, I've used this example before. One time I tried to say logical, like I want to talk about gene- genealogy and I said gerontological. <laughs> Those are two very different things. Yes. One is like your heritage <laughs> and one is old people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I was like, do not cut that. You know what? Right. That, that's just leave that. That's just right. your That's gold. I'm like right. wetting myself. That's so freaking funny, <laughs> you know? And so just like, I think, People need to understand that video in this day and age is a necessity. And I'm talking to myself as well. I'm not a well. Another thing to keep in mind is anytime we're creating an asset like a video or Facebook Live on your podcast, you choose not to edit it, which is fine. But you can also take that same video, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, or 15, and chunk it up even on your laptop into. Sound bites that yep. you then put up on the social media. Yep. And Absolutely. with the intention of having more people see you, more people like like you because they like the little 30-second sound bite they heard. So again, you've done a video once, you can repurpose it a million different ways. That yes. helps with your visibility. Doesn't yes. take you any more time, a little bit of editing, but it, it's mm-hmm. it's again getting your videos out there. So yes. as an example of that. Raya, as you see, I use StreamYard whenever I'm mm-hmm. doing a video, a, a live. So what that means is instead of doing a Facebook live right on the Facebook platform, I'm using a third-party platform called StreamYard, which allows you to simulcast not just to Facebook, multiple places on Facebook. So my business page, I have multiple groups I've, I video I stream live into, also on LinkedIn, also on YouTube. So it's going out to all these places. And so that allows me also more visibility, more ways for people to connect with me. I'm repurposing, you know, one half hour all at the slot, same time. Yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. So I really I think that's really helped. That's helped me enormously since I started doing that. Plus, Facebook kept kicking me out. So StreamYard never does that. So I'm happy yeah, with that. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I think the repurposing is really important because if you're going to take the effort and the time to do that, um, then use it. And there's some, I've been working with someone in marketing recently. And she says, you know, Raya, you're doing the, the video now, which I didn't do before. I always just did audio and somebody that that is a friend of mine, who's a marketing, um, a digital marketing specialist. She's like, she's like, I'm going to spank you for not doing the video. She's like, you're literally throwing it away. Like you're recording it and you're throwing it away. You can use the audio and you can use the video separately. So you've got now audio assets that you didn't have before. So yeah, I mean, video, you know, you have both now to play with. Exactly. So it's really good use of your time. So now what we're doing is we're actually posting, I was just going to start posting the YouTube link on Facebook, but then somebody else said, don't do that because then you're asking people to work too hard to get your content. She says, you have the file, upload the file to Facebook. 
Mm, Let them watch your your podcast right on Facebook. Yeah. You know, and then if they like it and they want more content, they can go back to YouTube. Then at that point, they can go back to YouTube and they can watch more of your videos. Yes. But make it easy for people to consume your content and your videos, again, with the expectation that we're going to go back and have these sales conversations. They're going to engage with you and you're establishing that you're an expert in your field, that you're an expert in what you talk about. Right, right, right. I love that. Yeah. Good stuff. So the last for our something new was signing up for groups. So talk to me. I mean, I think when Facebook really started pushing the groups, we and LinkedIn too, which LinkedIn, the LinkedIn groups, I think has kind of died down a little bit. Facebook groups has really been like really exploded. Mm -hmm. So I know that I signed up for Facebook groups at first and I was a bit overwhelmed with how many and I wasn't really involved in any of them. What's your strategy and thoughts around prospecting and how to get the most out of the groups that were already in, whether that be on social media or like I'm, part of several organizations that have like an internal social media like platform or, Mm -hmm. you know, an internal site. So how do we leverage those so that we can be prospecting in a non-icky kind of way in those groups? So I'm so glad you asked that question because this is really my favorite undiscovered technique. And I just want to share it with the world because I think it's so effective in the in the prospecting realm. Many of us signed up for a bajillion groups in the beginning. You know, it was like candy. You know, there were so many people we could be talking to. And as you said, you know, you signed up for 40 and you, you know, pr- pr- participated maybe in a few for a week or so. And then you just let it go because it's overwhelming. Yes. And it's, again, prospecting is a pain in the neck or or something that people cross off their list. So it's just one of the last things to go. So for anybody who's done this, I would encourage you to go back to all the groups that you've joined and edit, 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 and leave the groups that are not populated by your prospect, by your target audience, and be very crystal clear about, as you said, Raya, who that is. And does that group look like they are and populated by people who are your target audience. So the way that I use Facebook groups now is very, very strategic. I have a list of about 20 that I right now, and I edit as I go. If I don't like the quality of conversation in those groups, I'll drop them. And then I'll look for more to add. So it's an ongoing thing. But I have about 20 that I drop in on every, every single day. And so that's part of my prospecting strategy is that I go in to each of those groups every single day. And this uh, this is where I allocate perhaps a half an hour to do this, a half an hour in the morning, maybe half an hour at night. So in the beginning of the day, because people are in there at different times, I rarely make do my own post until people know me. So in the beginning, I go in and I comment on other people's posts. I'm just starting a conversation. If they say something like, what's your favorite mode of you know, prospecting, then I'll answer. If they ask a question, I'll answer. I always answer my that question, making sure that my expertise, well, I'm not going to slap you in the face with it. At least I'm indicating that I'm all about something. And then I end my post with a question also so that people can continue the conversation with me. And I go through and I do this. I mean, I have a spreadsheet of all the groups that I participate in. And every day, I go to at least three-fourths of them. 
and I put the date in for when I've gone in there to make a comment. I um, love this. Yes. And it's, again, it's one more this. spreadsheet and I have the, the Facebook link in there. So I just click on the link. It gets me into the Facebook group. So my initial strategy is to go in and have conversation with people. I don't post because I, I don't post in the beginning because no one knows me yet. And so I want to be a known entity in the group and someone that people would actually want to listen to. So I do that for a little while. And then I will start conversations with people by answering their posts or commenting or even putting my two cents in. And sometimes I'm controversial to initiate conversation. The more, the quicker I can get them into a DM, the better, because I want to develop a relationship with the people who are interacting with me. So if someone has commented on my post, I might have one more conversation with them and I'll say, let's take this over to DMs and let's get to know each other better. And what I do then is I ask them, I invite them onto a call. Because in my mind, the best way to prospect is to get someone on a call. But I want to warm them up first so that they are comfortable with me and I'm comfortable with them and we're all hunky-dory and then get on a call with each other. So that's the way I'm using Facebook groups. Again, I've got this handy-dandy spreadsheet. The other thing that's on the spreadsheet is when each group allows a promotion date, right? So sometimes... Groups will not allow any promotion at all. Sometimes they'll allow it one day a week. It's a Friday or a Thursday. So I note that down in each group so that I know on Fridays, I can go through my list of groups and say, where can I, where can I promote my next webinar comfortably without being spamming in the group? And I go through and I do my promotions. So once I get them in the DM, then it's you know, getting to know them better. Are they? I'm going to ask them those qualifying questions. Are they, are they really potentially my client? I mean, it's, not, it's loved, lovely to meet new people, but I want to know, are they a potential client for me? And do I then want to get into further conversation? Do I want to invite them onto a call? If they're not a good client, a potential client for me, thank you very much. That was lovely. And we just kind of phase out, you know. So that's how I'm using groups. Once they get to know me, then I will do my own posting. And my posts will also be strategic. I want to ask questions like, when was the last time you hired a business coach? Have you ever invest how have you invested in your business in the past? So again, one of my qualifying questions is, you know, do you invest in yourself? I want to know if they invest in yourself, if they hire coaches, if they are willing to spend um, on the high end for their coaching and or programs. If not, if they're a tire kicker or if there's someone who only goes for the freebies. That's some not, not someone I want to spend any time with. So my posts will be very strategic in the questions that I ask. And then when someone answers, I'll answer them and get them over to the DM. So that's how I'm using Facebook groups. And again, it's a half an hour every day in the morning. And sometimes I do my outbound stuff in the morning. If I only have a few minutes, well, I'll touch all those groups. And then in the afternoon, I'll go back and see who's commented on my stuff to see if I can then follow up with them. So you can split it up to make, make your time, make it so that you're not sitting in front of the computer right. for an hour and getting that done. Well, there's some like side benefits to what you've described too, because as somebody who has a group, I really appreciate it when people engage because mm -hmm. it sucks to have a group where you post and nobody responds, yeah. especially if you asked a question right. in your post. Right. Right. <laughs> that's 
stinks. And so for somebody to regularly engage in the group, even if it's like, even if it's just like a kind of a throwaway comment, but I love it. Like bring on your throwaway comments. It's like good post. Great. Awesome. What did you like about it? It's activity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like everybody who posts a comment is going to get a response from me. Right. Right. And, you know, and that's why, you know, in our Instagram, we brought back one of the things that we stopped doing for a while was business hacks. And it's like something really easy. Like our last one was glue or tape. Literally, that is what post says, <laughs> glue or tape. And somebody said that they had an obsession with glue and they have a different kind for, a different kind for every type of thing. And I'm like, how do you have the patience to let it dry? Like I could never let it dry. Like I would just tape it all day long. And let me tell you what kind of tape. I am a sure start scotch packing tape kind of girl because first of all, I don't argue with it. It just starts. Second of all, it's just so useful for all sorts of things. And I never have to let it dry. These things are like random conversations. Again, this is just building relationship. Totally. It's just the, the doing the strategy that you're talking about. It's fun. Yeah. Fun prospecting. It's goodwill towards the person who's investing the time and bringing this community together. It's adding value to the people who are in the group. It's making the people in the group think and maybe respond themselves. And so then they add their value to the group. And one thing I wanted to add to your strategy too, and say something that's been really great for me is along the way, if I find that somebody's not a good fit for me as a, you know, and I've, but I've already invested the time in them. And I'm talking to mostly business owners because I'm a B2B business mm-hmm. and, you know, as you are as well, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ask them about their business and I'll ask them like, okay, who's a good referral partner for you? Like, you know, or who's your ideal client? I'll ask them questions like that because then I know when I come across another person who's not a good fit for me, and I notice that that is the person that the other person described, I would say, you know what? I'm not a good fit for you, but I know exactly who you need to talk to. Let me connect you with this other person. And then you, not only are you, it's a kind way to back out of the conversation, but you've, again, you've served, you've added value. It's very gratifying too, to be able to not just say we're not a good fit, but we're not a good fit. And here's a resource for you. You know, another thing that I like to do, and I think we we forget about this. Is it as you said when we were talking earlier about planting all your seeds? Yes. Um, when you get someone on the phone, if they don't look like, even if, if they do, if they don't, I was going to say, if they don't look like they're good, they're a good prospect for you. The conversation doesn't necessarily have to be about becoming a client. Correct. It could be, you know, is this someone who has a podcast? You know, would they consider taking me as a podcast guest, or, you know other prospect. Here's the person, here's the people I serve. Do you know anybody? You know, do you know anybody that I could be talking to? Do you have a referral for me? So exploring all of the ways that you can be in community together, not just trying to land a sale. And I'm shocked by how many times things come back to me through that kind of conversation. You know, so-and-so has a podcast, so-and-so's doing a summit. They're always looking for speakers in this category. You don't know that unless you open the conversation up to mutual help. You know, how can I help you? What's your ideal referral partner? As you said, what else do you, what else do we have to share with each other? Then it's a much more gratifying conversation. 
yeah. and you're getting something out of it because yeah. I like to say I'm the human Rolodex. <laughs> you know, like if you know someone, I got someone, you know what I mean? Because that it, it, it's, it makes me feel good to serve, but it also means that that conversation had value. I don't want to yep. throw away my time. My time is very valuable. And so I don't want to just have a conversation to have a conversation. Right. Another question that I love that. Do you know anyone who that's a great question, but one that I've used before that I really like and it usually takes people by surprise. And that is if, if I came across your ideal client, what would they be saying? Oh, I like that. You know, like what would they, what would they be talking about? You know what, what I mean? What would their questions be? What questions yeah. would they be asking? What, you know, what would they look like? You know what I mean? Like, because that's, and I, and I tell them, I I'm asking you this because sometimes I hear what people are saying, but I don't know you know, what they, I don't know what they need. I don't know that they need you. So what would they be saying? And then the minute I hear somebody say what that person said, I'm like, stop what you're saying. Just stop the press. <laughs> stop the press. I know, like, I know, hold on, let me write this down before I forget. I need to introduce you to this person. Yeah, that's and, so great. You know, and I think the the other thing too, that, I, that I've tried to do, warm introductions are always great. Sometimes you don't have time to do warm introductions for everybody. Right. So if, if some, if the person you're referring to has a very visible profile, you can say, Hey, I don't have time to physically introduce you to this person, but you really need to connect with them. Would you please reach out to so-and-so and tell them that I sent you? Yes. And right. that will, I know that that person will take the conversation with you. And then I, you know, well, that person I'll like be having an arrangement beforehand. Like, Hey, I might send you people from now and then they're from me, you know, like I'll yeah. tell them to tell you they're from me. Right. And then that puts the onus on them. And again, like they're not a good fit for you. So you may not want to spend lots of time doing all these warm introductions, but you're adding value and you're saying like, just throw my name around. It's fine. Like I'm Raya Gonzalez. I'm so important. Just throw my name around. (laughs) But it's actually, you know, it's, it's perceived credibility and that, yes, that helps the whole process. And again, it makes you, it's just part of the warm, fuzzy aspect of prospecting where you feel like you can serve, you know, as opposed to just being a gimme, 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 I need a sale. Yes. I think that's the, I mean, like if we were to tie this all with a bow, right? The point is number one, this doesn't have to be drudgery. Mm-hmm. This is, this is about fun. It's about developing it's totally relationships. About fun. Yeah. And it's about getting to know your, having people get to know you and you spending time getting to know other people, adding value in really doing so in a way that ends up in dollars back to you yeah. and just being of service to yeah. other people. Totally. And that doesn't feel icky. That's no. not like picking up the phone and just like, hey, give me money, give me money, give me yeah. money. You know what I mean? This is not the day and age of that anymore because right. I think even people, you know, we're doing a lot in my company, we're doing a lot with organic growth and really not spending money on ads. Right. Specifically because a lot of people are drowning uh, drowning in ads and they're tuning them out. Yes. And, and Facebook so, costs are going yes. higher and higher. The so cost for ads. Yeah. And so it's so it's again, it's like how can you leverage? I mean, all of these techniques that you've offered are free. Yeah. A hundred percent free. They just right. cost your time, which but they're time effective. You know, if you have a spreadsheet with the link and you're going in and you're like, I'm going to spend five to 10 minutes in this group. Okay. Done. Did five to 10 minutes in this group. Okay. Done. Yep, you know, I love exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. 
And the so, key is so why I why I split it up then also is so I don't go down a rabbit hole. So if I yes. spend 10 or 15 minutes doing my outbound messages where I'm commenting to people and then check in later in the day and see if they've responded, then you split it up and I'm not down the rabbit hole because it's so easy to get sucked in. Yes, I love that. I do. And I think... Well, I'm excited to do my spreadsheet because it this is, is first it's of all, really be gorgeous. Like, doesn't matter. I, but I know it doesn't matter. But wouldn't it be fun if it was? Yes. <laughs> like you want to spend time in there, and I have a VA because that's what I do. So I'll just be like, I'll just make it, and then I'll be like, Can you make this pretty for me? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is a very effective tool. I'm finding yes. is that it's just again. Go back and clean up your Facebook groups because yes. if you, you know, make sure that you're only aware, you're only, your eyes are only the one on the ones that are going to count for you because you don't want to be overwhelmed by all that other stuff. Same with LinkedIn though, Raya, I'm trying to crack the code for LinkedIn. There's been a resurgence in groups and I you went in so? and okay, that's good I to went know. back and I got out of Yes, I did 20 too. group because you were, originally you could you could be a part of 25 groups. I mm-hmm. signed up for 25 groups. Well, yes. that was 10 years ago, you know. So I went back in and I left the majority of those groups and I started looking again strategically for who are the groups that I might like to participate in. And at this point, I think I'm in like four, you know, yeah. because I want to test out how Facebook, uh, how LinkedIn groups are performing now. Part of my goals for this year is I want to have much more presence on LinkedIn. I want to be using LinkedIn as a prospecting tool. Yes. And it's a very different animal. I still haven't cracked the code, but um, I'm continuing to work it. So, but doing the same process with LinkedIn groups, I think is worthy of your time to see if there's some meat there for you. Well, I will give you one like time-consuming but effective tip for you and the audience that I just finished. Yes. And it was very long, but extremely fruitful. And that was, I went through and I exported the list of all of my first connections on LinkedIn. I had 732 first connections on LinkedIn. I did this because I had a sales call with somebody who said, I see that we're both connected to Phil. (laughs) That's about what the relation there, what the call, you know, entailed. And I'm like, oh, Awesome. Yeah. I don't actually know Phil. I don't know how we're affiliated, but awesome. I'm glad we're connected to the same. It was really embarrassing for me. Yes. And so I said, okay, never again. I'm not doing this. So I exported this list. I think, like I said, it was like 732 people. And I went through every single first connection. And I first went through the Excel spreadsheet and I split it for myself. And I said, okay, these are people. I totally know I've talked to in the last six months, but I'm still going to reach out to them and I'm going to renew that relationship. And I'm going to say, but I'm going to say something different. These are people who I know who they are, but I haven't talked to them in years. Mm -hmm. No clue who these people are. (laughs) And um, then I had a script that I put together, which I would actually say, but I made it easy for myself so I could kind of copy and paste. And I said something to the effect of, you know, like, hey, like if it was a warm one, hey, so-and-so, I I realize it's been like, you know, a couple months since we've caught up. I would love to hear what's new and exciting for you. Like, how are, you know, like, let's hop on a Zoom. That one I would like right away offer a call. Mm-hmm. You know, the warm-ish, I would say something like, what's new and exciting for you? 
And then the, the cold, I would say something like, I noticed that we're first connected, but I don't know a lot about you. And I'm really making a concerted effort to change that. That Tell is me more a about fabulous strategy. Yeah. And I can tell you, and guess what happened? Some of yeah. those didn't know them, them leads ended up being embarrassing because I did know that person. Oh. Their last name changed or I brain farted on them. And then I had to say like, ha 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 ha, I'm a dork. You know what I mean? <laughs> of course I know who you are. Now I remember we met in this way, you know, one of them, I talked to her yesterday. I'm surprised she even took this call, but one of them was somebody I went to elementary school, middle school and high school with, but I didn't recognize her last name. But of course, she's like, you know me because we went through 13 years of school together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yes. Now I know exactly who you are. Yeah. And I said, would you like to, you know, like, would you like to get on a call? And she wanted to. And we yeah. weren't friends in high school. And so yeah. it was just a really interesting exercise. But business came out of it, too. You know, like, I'm doing the exact same thing. I didn't think to split them into three separate groups, but I think that's a fabulous idea. I will go back and take yes. the time because it is, I've got 2,500 people in my first. Oh class, my gosh, so. do it because then you can just copy and paste. Yeah. You yeah, know, and I because you would say that it's not like, again, it's not an icky strategy, right? It's exactly what you would like, write it in the way that you would intentionally say it to that person. And it's, re it's I mean, the whole intention is reconnecting, you know, yes. and knowing full well that only 10% of the people that you reach out to will reconnect, will come back to you. Yes. So it's not like you're going to be overwhelmed with follow-up. You know, it's right. more like you've made the effort. The people who do want to know you are the mm -hmm. people that you do want to connect with. And they will come back and say, sure, let's hop on a call or let's do whatever. So good on you. I think yes. that's a great strategy. Good, good, good. The last thing, and I don't want to forget this because I'm such like your time blocking junkie. I'm a CRM junkie. I have to talk about this. And if you are prospecting without a CRM, which for those who don't know, please send me a message. I will tell you more information. I gain nothing by telling you this information except for just joy. Customer Relationship Management Program. There are free ones. There are low-cost ones. My favorite is one that I've discovered that cost me $18 a month. There, again, there are ones that are more expensive and more fancy. There's all for everybody. But what it is, is a tool or a repository for information regarding the people that you are talking to. Mm -hmm. And you can tag them and run reports. You can do all sorts of things. I even have a tag that says, no use contacting this person anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but I, but I talk to them. So I want, like, if they reach out to me, I want to know who this person is. And yeah. I can just very quickly, it has an app on my phone. If I call through the app, it will make a, a note for me, like that ah. I have to go in and fill in. I mean, there's just all sorts of leverage technology people, even if it's like yeah. the Excel spreadsheet. If you are an Excel person, write an Excel spreadsheet. But the reason why I love a CRM is task reminders. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. you talk to someone and like, if you're going to take the time to go through 732 LinkedIn connections, document what you said. And again, you're copying and pasting. So you could copy and paste that message directly into this program and then set a reminder to follow up. If they haven't responded, maybe give them one more try and just say, Hey, just following up. I mean, they're just circling back to see, you know, if you're interested in connecting, guess what? If they don't respond, 
unfriend them. Right. It's right. okay. Yeah. Let them go. Yeah. Call your list. Yeah. Narrow your focus. Right. You know, it's okay. Like, let it go. And again, it's a little bit of work up front. But it saves you so much time because, again, this was a massive project and I'm kind of impatient. So I took it on with a ferocious vengeance. But this is something that you could say, I'm going to message 10 people today. Mm -hmm. And you created this script. So literally, you're going to type their name in and you're going to copy, I mean, paste, excuse me, this message into their messages. And then you're going to go into your CRM and you're going to paste it into your CRM and create a task move on to the next person. This whole process of 10 people maybe takes you 10 to 15 minutes. Right. And you've just done very effective prospecting. Yeah. And and you've created a reminder for yourself that you don't have to remember and that person's not going to slip through the cracks. Right. And how many, I mean, I wish, oh my gosh, if I had the statistic right off the top of my head right now, I would be so excited. But they talk about how many touches it takes until you make a customer. You right. know, all of these things we've been talking about are touches in right. prospecting. And so if you send them a LinkedIn message, then maybe on your task, you could say, if they're a Facebook friend too, next time, send them a Facebook message. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not on LinkedIn very often. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You know, if you have their email, maybe the next time you send them an email, you know what I mean? And you mix it up a little bit, but you can tell yourself, future self, do this thing next time. Mm -hmm. And you don't, and then you forget about it. Forget about that person, move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And so leverage the technologies and things out there to make your life easier. Like okay. having the spreadsheet, like having a strategy for your visibility, knowing that Wednesdays at noon, you're going on StreamYard and you better have your content ready for what you're going to do. And, you know, you've time blocked the time to prepare that content or having a sticky that says week one, you know, three <laughs> stories, real one, real. That means I have to think about it. What am I like today? What am I going to, you know, in fact, you know, like maybe before we hang up, I'll take a little screenshot and say like today I recorded with Elise Tagger and that's my story for today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like whatever it might be, you have to be intentional and leverage this repurposing concept, this Excel spreadsheet concept. Don't make it so hard for yourself. Right. Make it be fun, you know? And, but the, the overall underlying thing for the prospecting discussion, Raya, is still consistency. Yes. It's still, you have to be building your business all the time. So whether it's three hours a week or an hour a day or half an hour a day, Put it in your calendar, make sure you do it and you, you'll just reap the benefits. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Well, that is what we have for today. If you want to connect with Elise, I'm telling you, this is only one of the nuggets this woman <laughs> has packed inside that little body. She is full <laughs> of wisdom and go back. We will link the previous podcast that we had Elise on, which was fire. Amazing. That was about breaking through the mindset. Once you've broken the six figure mark, you know, really thinking about what's next 
what at that point when we did that podcast, I had just broken through the six figure mark. And I was like, Elise, before we record, like real quick, can you coach me for a second? Because like, <laughs> I don't know what to do right now. That you was know? so fun. That was so, so I should have recorded the green room time. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. We had so much fun in that. Green that was great. Time. But we, so we're going to link the, in both the YouTube and the podcast show notes, we're going to link that other podcast, check it out, check out Elise's group. It's fire people. I'm telling you, it's amazing. You're going to get so much out of it. And I just thank you, Elise, for coming back on the show. uh, Such a pleasure, Raya. It's always just a blast talking with you. So thanks for the opportunity for letting me come. Absolutely. Well, this has been another episode of the Client Experience Revolution. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and we will see you next time. You know what I love? It means so much to me that you took the time to listen to this episode. If you did enjoy this episode or any of our other episodes, and you'd like to help support the Client Experience Revolution podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on your social media or even leave a rating and review. And if you want to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at link.consulting. That's L-I-N-Q dot consulting. On Twitter at Link Consulting and even better, find us on YouTube. The channel is Raya Gonzalez and you can see all of our podcast episodes in video format if you're just curious to see what our guests look like. We appreciate you so much. And that's why we're excited to see you next time.